Welcome in, everybody, to a Wednesday edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio right here in the middle of June, it seems. I am John Harris. Feels like June won't end, I should say that way. Really? Really. That is that you how hear. you think of this? Yeah, June's got to end, man. we got to get to July. By the way, it's We June, need July. That's Mark Vandermeer, by the way. It's June 20th. I feel like June's kind of sailing by. No, and June. before you know it, it's here because I still have some things to do, like for those who don't know. I have some things to do around here, like with preseason television broadcasts and, you know, little nuances of the job, the other part of the job, not the voice of the Texans job, the broadcasting job. Which a lot of people don't, they, I I hope they know, Mm. but when I say voice of the Texans, I always feel like I'm shortchanging you because you are, you're a vice president in this organization. You got a, you have a lot on your plate. Well, it's the old, and I was talking with uh, Drew about this and you, you feel this too, right? How many times do you get this? That's the off season, you know. Mm-hmm. For people who don't really know exactly what you do, but they know enough of it. Yep. Well, maybe not enough. This is the point. They'll say, "Ah, oh, you got it's quiet for you this time of year." Like, no, 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 no. We have radio five nights a week. We have right. television shows every mm-hmm. week. We have internet, you know, websites, social media, whatever, publications, a lot of stuff. It never stops. In fact, it's not harder this time of year, but almost because you're creative, creating content out of thin air. You have no games. Yeah. You have no games to rely on. You have no practice. You have no sound bites. You have none of that. So. We have seven months of content without them snapping the football. Hmm. I mean, they snap it on the field of the Houston Methodist Training Center, but that's not quite the same thing, right. is it? It is definitely not the same thing. Mm-hmm. No doubt about that. I wanted to – we're going to have Kyle Fuller on the show. We're also going to have DBDB came. I gave her a little homework assignment in some sense, and I wanted to see – how close she would get to what my rankings would be. We talked about the schedule yesterday on the show with the road games, and so instead of looking at the teams, I told her to look at the players. Top five quarterbacks, top five running backs, top five wide receivers the Texans will face Yeah, in 2018. Overall, mm-hmm. I think the, just the individual talent yeah. is much less than what it's been. Really? Yeah, because if you think about the quarterbacks, think about 2016 for a second. Okay. Went to Jacksonville. Now, this was Bortles coming off a big year the year before. Threw for 3,500 yards. No, wait a minute. In 15, he did. 35 touchdowns in 15, right? right? And so he was in 16. Think about that run right after the bye week. Uh It was at Jacksonville against Bortles. Right. In Mexico City against Derek Carr. Having a great year. At home against Phillip Rivers. Ooh, yeah. On the road against Aaron Rodgers. Yep. On the road against Andrew Luck. That was the five-game quarterback swing. At the end, and we talked about that going into that season. Plus, you, I know you know about Brady in week three that year, but yeah. that was a factor as well. Exactly. And Alex Smith in week two against well, the Chiefs here. Alex Smith kills the Texans. I'll be curious to see how DP ranks hers, and we'll do that later in the show. Speaking of Brady, yeah. did you see his Instagram post? Cuarenta y cinco. Cuarenta y cinco. That means he wants to play till 45. You buy that? He says a lot of things mm-hmm. because – you know, he's talked about he knows he's closer to the end. All yep. right, you don't have to be a genius to figure that one out. Closer to the end than to the beginning, of of course. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he lasts that long. What is he, 41 he's now? 40. But he's going to be 41 during yeah, the season. He's going to be 41 during the season, yep. Johnny, I've said this before. 
at some point, when it goes for these guys, it goes quick. Yep. Manning, it went quickly. Now, he survived the season. He actually won a Super Bowl, but they right. were running the ball well and playing great defense. Yeah. That was kind of a different sort of deal. He was still Peyton Manning in the sense of his mere presence, I think, right. can make other people around him better. People who say that the Broncos would have won a uh, Super Bowl with Brock Osweiler, no. I don't know about that. Maybe they would have. I don't know if he played similarly. Right. But I think Manning has this rub-off effect even when he's not altogether Peyton Manning, like he yep. wasn't at the end of his career. I remember Dan Marino. I talk about this from time to time. 1999, he would have some bad games. He would have some great games. But the the consistency was not there anymore. And I think that Brady is going to start having some bad games at some point. Now, does it happen this year, next year, three years from now? I don't know. But at some point, you're going to start seeing it. People thought they saw it in 2015 with their loss to the Chiefs at that point. Then it was on to Cincinnati, that whole thing. We'll see. We just have to wait, and I hope it's this year. Look, and I don't wish bad things on Tom Brady, but come on, it's the Patriots. I wish bad things on the Patriots in that I want them to lose a lot of games. Thank you very much. I understand, that, I understand that Brady keeps his body in tip-top shape. I get that. I understand that he plays quarterback. I understand all that. But I don't know that anybody can anticipate how they're going to feel after the age of 40. Yeah, because once you get to age 41, 42, 43, 44, 45, those are all different. 20 to 25, you feel pretty much the same every day. Yeah. You're 20. I mean, you're you're in your 20s. I mean, it's you can you feel pretty much the same all the way across. 40 to 45, for me 40 to 46, every year it's like I have felt different. And I don't know how I would have been playing football at the age of 40. John, at 40, look, much less going to 45. Look at golf. Right? How many golfers over 40 win majors? Great golfers. Not too many. I mean, we made a big deal when Jack Nicholas won at 46 and, Masters. And look, 46 then is not 46 now, right. the way people take care of their bodies. Everything's different. You know, Jack probably never had a salad. I'm just kidding. But you get my drift right, here. Right. It's just a different deal now. Absolutely. When you're wearing those old style golf pants, <laughs> you know, the plaid or whatever, it just looks different. But. I think that when you look at other sports, tennis, there's no way you're surviving long past 40. You yeah. can do a little bit, but you're not surviving forever. Yeah. Golf, and these are sports in which you are not getting pummeled by defensive linemen. Right. Now, the advantage of football is that, you know, maybe he doesn't have to move around quite so right. quickly, but he has to know where and when to move. You right. know, he has to know, has to have that sixth sense about feeling the pass rush, which he's so good at. Right. He's never been a nimble guy, but he's been able to avoid the rush. He knows where it's coming from. He just knows where to step that little piece of real estate in the pocket that's a little safety zone for a split second so he can get the ball off. He's so great at that. Eyes in the back of his head, that kind of thing. He still has all that, and we're still seeing him make great throws but here it is offensive line looks a little shaky Mm -hmm. and here comes the pressure we'll see how they deal with jacksonville we'll see how they deal with the texans front we'll see how they deal with all this stuff because you know who knows but at some point it's going to dissipate it's going to go away for him and the first four games no edelman no amandola because he's with miami yeah no uh, cooks now apparently they didn't they didn't ever see eye to eye on things, but still, that Are you was surprised a they didn't try to add to the arsenal a little bit more than they have? You know? I mean, look, if they've got Edelman and they've got Gronk and Hogan, it's a pretty solid group. Mm-hmm. But Malcolm Mitchell's coming back, and he had a, he had a good rookie year, and then of course last year fell off and didn't did he was injured, I believe, at the beginning of the year. And I, I don't know if he went to IR, but he did not play much, if at all, in 2017. So I was a little surprised they didn't add, but. 
they did in some sense. They added Sony Michelle. Now he's a running back by the program designation. When you see the program, you'll see running back. But he catches the ball in the backfield. He does a lot of different things. But they also lost Deion Lewis. Yep. So Michelle replaces Lewis in some sense, but then who replaces Amendola? But Lewis who, super smart in that Patriot offense. They right. Handle things. Who replaces Edelman? Especially yeah. the first four games. Mm-hmm. And look, the Patriots have started off two and two in the past, and then gone on a huge run. Hopefully, they start two and two again. And in the right hand column to one of the Texans. The Texans one. will have one of them. That'd be kind of nice. One. I'm rooting for an zero and one start. For that them. would be very nice. Uh, the Vander kid plays Madden, right? Yes, he does. Does he play with the Texans? He does, but he historically has traded for Tom Brady. And so Tom Brady's a Texan. I mean, he loads the team awesome. up. You know, at, at one point when he first started playing, he had Brady on the Texans and Megatron with Andre Johnson. Oh, so gosh. It was a pretty loaded team. And now he's got DeAndre Hopkins, of course, and he's just changed. He's evolved as the years have gone on. But he usually keeps Tom Brady around, although I think now he's very happy with Watson. Well, so hmm, interesting. Because Madden... 19 is coming out. Right. We and, don't have ratings yet, do we? Oh, we've got the ratings for the top 10. Okay. Okay. So, this is mind-blowing. Not not right away, but mm-hmm. you'll, you'll see where I'm going with this. Okay. Okay. Top number one. Number one in Madden 19 for the Texans is who? What number one. Overall rating. Overall rating. DeAndre Hopkins. No, DeAndre is second. DeAndre's a 93. Now, the highest you can get is 99. 93 is pretty solid rating. Number one is Watson. Nope. Oh gosh, no. You'll see what oh, Madden gosh. did. Oh, wait till you hear this. Oh, I love this in a way. It's a motivator. I, oh yeah. Uh, number one for the Texans would be Clowney. No, it can't be JJ. It Bingo. is JJ. JJ Watt, ninety six. Number one, JJ Watt, ninety six. See, JJ would if JJ was on this show right now, he'd say, "Come on, I didn't I know, play. I, know. I haven't played I, a lot in the last two years. I know you can't give me a ninety nine. And oh, apparently there are a couple 99s. It's Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Donald. Watt a 96. Mm-hmm. DeAndre Hopkins, second oh, 93. 96. Third, Tyron Matthew, 90. Ooh, I like that. I like, I like that. The sound of that. Hey, I hope they're all right except for Watson so far. Well, yeah. Number four. Number four, Texan. Andre Howe, 87. Whoa. Whoa. Uh, yeah, I, I was like. I'm a little surprised about that. Hmm? Number five. You notice there are a couple names I haven't said yet. Yeah. Number five, Jonathan Joseph, 84. I like that. Number six, mm-hmm. Lamar Miller, 83. Whoa. These are amazing. These are Madden ratings of Texans players. Mm-hmm. In 2019. Yeah. Uh, number seven, uh-huh. the former number seven at Notre Dame. Now he wears number 15, Will Fuller the fifth, 81. Okay. Number eight. Clowny. <laughs> Whoa. DJ Reader. Okay. With an 80. Wait, Reader has a higher rating than Clowney? Well, technically, he has the same rating as Clowney. Jadevian has an 80, and Reader has an 80. And number 10 is Deshaun Watson with a 78. When where does he rank among quarterbacks? I, listen, if you go if you go by just the top 100, say go by what the the top 100 um, listing was. He was player number 50, which if I remember correctly, that made him quarterback number nine. Right. I think that was quarterback number nine, if I remember correctly. Um, let me see. I'm trying to look at the list right now. So, you know, in the top ten is Breeze, Rodgers. Brady. Brady. Roethlisberger. 
Roethlisberger was at 20. Uh, ben was – wait. Oh, ben, ben was in the, the 11 to 20 range. Right. I can't remember exactly where he was. Russell Wilson was at number 11. What ben, about I think, Rivers? was 17. What about Rivers? Not high. Watson was ahead of Rivers. Wow. Uh, the quarterbacks that were headed to Sean are those guys I just mentioned, Jared Goff, Matthew Stafford, mm-hmm. Matt Ryan, Cam Newton. So is that four guys? Four. Yeah. So like, so he's 10th. He's 10th yeah. or 11th. Those guys have a lot of pelts. Yes. They gave him a, they gave him a 78. Um, what's the logic here? Because like we said, Watt hasn't played much the last two years. I, Watson didn't play much last year. I get it. Six and a half games. But he was so outstanding that you would think it would propel him to a higher rating. If you're going to assume that he's healthy, right. which is what Madden does, yeah. why aren't you giving him a higher rating? I'm, I'm blown away. I, I, I was blown away when I saw this. When I saw this list and it said, hey, top ten, I was like, oh, man, where they got Deshaun? And at first, my eyes just went right to the top of the list. Right. And I didn't see Deshaun. I was like, what? And then I look at the bottom and I saw 78. And I about fell out of my chair. And then I, I started thinking, and it's funny because this, this uh, morning around lunchtime, I was, on, uh, I was on a station in Nashville. And one of the hosts said, essentially, eh, I'm not sure that we believe in Deshaun Watson. Why should we believe in Deshaun Watson? I was like, how many people out there? Do not believe in Deshaun Watson because all it was was six and a half games. Yeah. I'm like, look, even if Deshaun was, let's say Deshaun puts up 85% of the production he put up last year. Yeah. Just 85%. Mm-hmm. That's 34 touchdowns. And extrapolated. It, yeah, if you extrapolate, it's, th- it, it's like 34, 33 or 34 touchdowns. Right. And 14 interceptions. That's better than a 78. A 78? Yeah. That's a good point you just made. I, I mean, hey, I hope everybody in Nashville feels that way. Like, man, eh, why should we believe? Week two, we'll see you. We'll see Nashville how this goes. And Matt, do not believe in Deshaun Watson. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. And even more so, Clowney at eighty. Clowney was voted the thirty-second best player in the league by the players. Mm-hmm. Thirty-two. They know what they're looking at. He's got an eighty TFL machine. Major disruptor spends his day in the backfield of the opponent. The more I think about this, the more irate I'm getting. To yeah. be honest with you, <laughs> I got to I got to stop doing this. So make sure make sure that when you get Madden 19 for Vanderkid, just make sure that he doesn't oh, get too he, upset. He jacks up all the ratings anyway. He takes Andre Johnson, makes him into a 99. <laughs> he's still playing. Andre Johnson's career is still going <laughs> on just John, fine in Vanderkid's world. Still all pro in yeah. still playing. He's fine. It's good. Oh, that's awesome, Mark. Appreciate it. Thanks, Johnny. Coming up next, Kyle Fuller, offensive lineman, guard, center, tackle. For the Texans, we'll have him next on Texans All Access. Welcome back to the show, Texans All Access, on this Wednesday evening from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. I am John Harris, football analyst and sideline reporter, and we are about to hear from Kyle Fuller, offensive lineman for the Houston Texans, going into his second year, a guy that in his rookie year, thrown to the Wolves, played a number of different spots, and I'll never forget that Thursday night game against Cincinnati, week two, after the Jacksonville Jaguars opener, debacle that was, oh man, that was brutal. 29-7, 29-7, to the Jaguars get the victory. But even more so was the injury report that came out 
that Monday. Now, playing on Thursday is difficult as it is. But when the injury report has 22 players on it, including all three tight ends, you know there's going to be some some trouble heading into week two. And there was. And we didn't exactly know how the Texans were going to handle it with tight ends. They had one tight end on the roster that they, from practice squad, they called up Evan Bayless and brought him up to tight end. And he ultimately didn't play all that much. But I think it was the second play of the game, the Texans rolled out Julian Davenport and Kyle Fuller, and both ended up playing tight end. Now, I'd imagine Kyle Fuller had never played tight end before. He had played center at Baylor and has some guard. And he's going to be a pretty interesting guy to watch in this offensive line mix. A guy that the Texans liked as early as the fourth or fifth round in 2017, they found him there in the seventh round in that draft and ended up staying true to the board and drafting him and now they got to figure out what they have. Now, they did go out and sign Senio Kilimete, and they signed Zach Fulton. And it doesn't mean that they don't believe in Kyle Fuller, but they don't know exactly what they have in the second-year man out of Baylor. So let's hear from Kyle Fuller, the versatile offensive lineman out of Baylor University. So now you're a veteran. Is that a different feeling? A very different <laughs> feeling coming different. in? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Way different. So what's what's better about it? I mean, I know there's some obvious stuff here. You don't have to go through all that pre-draft stuff and everything. But what did you like about that gap between the end of the season and the start of strength and conditioning? And now that you're in strength and conditioning and OTAs and the rest of it? Uh, you know, just the break between, uh, you know, the end of the season and the beginning of the off-season program. You know, you kind of take it. You know, day by day, you know, just kind of relax. Uh, obviously, you're a little bit more comfortable with your teammates now, so you know you get to hang out with them in the off season too. So, it's it's a good time though. Does the O line get together much during that time, or parts of the group get together? Yeah, we're all kind of spread out, you know, mm-hmm. in the states. So you know, guys who are in the same state, you know, we'll kind of link up every once in a while. But you know, we'll do something, try to try to plan something. So. Mm-hmm. You're from Duncanville, so I was just talking to you about how far that was from Houston. You said three and a half hours, and a half straight hours. up, 45. Mm-hmm. So do you spend your off season closer to Dallas? Do you stay in Houston? What's home base for you these it's days? It's kind of a mix right now. Uh, my family actually doesn't live um, in the Duncanville, Dallas area anymore. We actually live north, uh, kind of in the suburbs. So, you know, I'll I'll split time between Houston and there. So, you know, it's it's a good time, though. You know, the three, hour, the three and a half hour drive is pretty convenient, too, so. How familiar were you with Houston before you got drafted here? I would imagine you'd come yeah. here a lot. I'd been here. I had been here a couple of times. You know, I knew some of the places. You know, I wasn't always down here, but you know, definitely it wasn't you know like a foreign country to me or anything. You know, so you're gonna have to buy a lot of tickets to that Texans Cowboys game October seventh. Oh yeah, definitely. I <laughs> yeah, I saw the I, when I saw it on the schedule. You know, I knew automatically that I was gonna have so many people asking me. You know, hey, mm-hmm. can you give me tickets and stuff. So right. Are you making them all wear deep steel blue or battle red? Uh, yeah. I mean, that's got to yeah. happen. I had right? some people tell me though; they were like, "I'm not wearing that. I'm not wearing the Texan stuff." So I was well, like, "Well, then they're not hey. going to take it." I was like, Kyle. "You know what? <laughs> do what you want to do." <laughs> you know, it's funny because Bill O'Brien's first season, first year was 2014. The Texans played the Cowboys that year, mm-hmm. and he said everybody had been telling him what the Texans Cowboys rivalry was, even mm-hmm. though. Not same division, not whatever. So he said he had a very good understanding of what it was, especially yeah. after that game. Oh, yeah. That, that was Tony Romo had to go silent count. Yeah, in their stadium. In their stadium. Yeah. So he had a very good idea of what that was like. How about for yourself? You, you, do you think you might be talking to some of the newer players about what this rivalry is? Yeah, I mean, it's a cross-state rivalry. You know, it's one of those deals where 
if two organizations are in the same state, it's going to, you know, there's going to be some sort of clash, you know, so it's, it's huge for sure. Kyle Fuller joining us. All right. So with so many of the offensive linemen, they have multiple positions. What are you focusing on? What do you, it's, it's probably too much to ask what you want to play and you're probably willing to do whatever they want, but what do you do well right now, Kyle? You really just have to be able to contribute, you know, um, it's, it's the more that you know in this league. You know, it's mm-hmm. one of those deals where uh, if, you know, knock on wood, somebody goes down, you know, you have to be the next man up, the guy that, you know, can step up and do, you know, what you need to do. So, and there not be any drop-off, you know, so. What, all right, you mentioned things about getting ready and that off-season gap and all of that. What about technique and how do you get better at that going into year two? Yeah, that's um, that's a huge emphasis, you know, going forward. Every year, you know, you want to work those, you know, little things that you might have struggled with the year before. But, you know, definitely after, you know, getting some playing time, you'll you'll kind of figure out exactly what it is that you need to work on. And so that kind of gives you a springboard into the offseason. Like, okay, this is the thing that I was struggling with last year. So let me emphasize on that. How hard is it for you to focus on those things without having the pads on? I mean, some of this stuff probably doesn't happen the way you want it to until you get to the Greenbrier, right? Yeah, some of it you know, is hard, you know, without going full contact, you know, some of it's hard to work on, but there's other little things that can help you prevent, you know, maybe getting into a bad situation on the field. Um, you know, like your steps, you know, you know, knowing where to put your hands, things like that, you know, so there, there's, there's ways to work around the non-full contact thing. So that's interesting. You say that, cause I've always wondered that about O linemen, like mm-hmm. what, how is it that you can know what, if your technique is sound until you get to training camp, are you able to better gauge that after having had a year in the league? Yeah, and, and then a lot of it is also, you know, just practicing uh, what what you're going to do, you know, how I'm going to set, things like that. It's, it's practicing it outside that way when you do get tired or, you know, you are going against somebody who, you know, like a JJ or something, you know, you you are confident in what you're doing. Can't Com- imagine going against JJ in this, uh, this, this front is good yeah. practice in training oh, yeah. camp. Absolutely. Playing with a quarterback like Watson, how does that affect an offensive lineman? Um, it's just one of those deals where you know he's going to do what he has to do, um, regardless of the situation. You know, it makes your job a little bit easier. You know, he's a very mobile guy, you know, but it's just one of those things where as, you know, he grows, you know, his confidence grows too. So it's just one of those, uh, you know, it's, it's it works. That's all I can say. It works. Kyle, thanks a lot for joining us. Good luck. Thanks. When I'm asked about the offensive line, Fuller, a lot of times, isn't a name that a lot of people bring up. I have to remind people when they say, hey, Senio Calamete and Zach Fulton and Nick Martin and David Quesenberry, and I say, yeah, don't forget about Kyle Fuller, too. Because Fuller would have been in that mix, I think, at guard had he not gotten hurt about middle of the season and missed some time middle of the season. And I think that sort of slowed him down. But he did get some time through the rest of the year playing that sixth offensive lineman spot, a spot that Kendall Lamb had manned for a while. And I don't know what that will end up meaning for either Kendall Lamb or for Kyle Fuller. But I think Fuller, even as a seventh rounder, and it doesn't matter, the Texans, like I said, had a fourth, fifth round grade on him. So I think they liked him earlier than the seventh round. So, again, Bill Bryan has said often, it doesn't matter what round you were drafted in, you're a Texan, you're a Texan. I think Kyle Fuller can – eventually become one of those guard spots. Now, he's going to have to move aside one of those free agents, and the Texans obviously did put some money into that position at guard. But 
We've seen this offensive line. I mean, think last year. How many guys were banged up? Chris Clark got hurt, missed uh, how many ever games at the end of the season. I mean, Brennan Giacomini, I believe, was the only guy that played every single game. Uh, and that was our right tackle. Maybe Xavier Suofilo did as well. Both those obviously, both those guys obviously gone. There's opportunity here, especially at those interior spots where Jeff Allen has been on PUP, and I don't know what they will do with Jeff going forward. My guess is that they've got to make a decision before camp, and I don't know what they'll do, but there's opportunity there at the guard spots. Xavier gone. Jeff more than likely not going to be here, but we don't know. But that just leaves it up in the air. And then Nick Martin coming back at center. If Nick is not fully ready to go right off the bat, then Zach's got to step in at center. So what happens at guard? Greg Mance, David Quesenberry, Kelamete, who was banged up during uh, OTAs in minicamp. I think he was at the first. I think it was the first two OTAs that we were able to see, and then after that, he was banged up and not able to practice. After that, if I remember correctly, maybe that was precaution. Who knows? Martinez Rankin does he move into guard? I don't think so. I think he stays out at tackle. But when is he going to be ready to go? Well, that's a tackle conversation. We can have that later on. And then you've got Kyle Fuller in that mix. If Martin is not able to go and Fuller's got to go to center, now you take away the guy that you think is going to be your guard, your right guard more than likely, Zach Fulton, and move him in the center until Nick comes back. And hopefully Nick is ready to go. Hopefully that's not going to be an issue. And Nick, whether it's center or guard, Nick and, I think Nick Martin and Zach Fulton will have two of those spots. Who's that third spot? Is it Senio? Can Kyle Fuller unseat Senio in some sense. Not saying Senio is penciled in as a starter or written in pen as the starter, but that's going to be a competition. Mance, who has started games in this league, started the entire 2016 season at center, started games last year at guard. Uh, Senio Kelmete, David Quesenberry, and, of course, Kyle Fuller. Now, Kyle's played a number of different spots on the offensive line while in that rookie year, so maybe that helps him down the road. I don't know that Kyle could end up playing tackle. I don't think so. But has he shown them enough, and will he show them enough in training camp to be in that mix right there for one of those guard spots? Listen, that offensive line, and I know people have uh, have have talked badly about that offensive They don't know what this offensive line can do. Nobody does. Not until we get to training camp and we can see it in play with pads on, going against this defensive front, what's it going to look like? Kyle Fuller is going to be in that mix. There's no question. We appreciate his time. Of course, you heard that voice. D.P. Sidhu along with Mark Vanderman interviewing Kyle Fuller. And D.P. will join me next. Who are the top five skill players the Texas will face? Quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers. Who are the top five in each of those three spots in 2018 on the Texans schedule? Do that next right here in Texans All Access. Welcome back to Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. John Harris here, a good friend, D.P. Sidhu, there. D.P.? Hi, Johnny. Oh, Vegas voice is still there a little bit. A little bit. I'm getting my voice back. A so little bit. It's, it's, it's like clockwork. By Wednesday, I'm, I'm usually good to go. Yeah. Yeah. So it's... Monday was... I feel like you're painting me in this horrible light, like Vegas No, voice. no, listen. No, no, no. Here's, <laughs> here's the thing. It's, it's not meant to paint you in that light. I get it, too. And that sometimes is just going to someplace here in Houston. It's just alliteration, so it makes it easier. Vegas voice. But basically, Vegas voice is when you go to loud clubs or you go to loud restaurants or whatever the case might be, 
and you're with friends, and you've got to talk loudly right. all the time Over loud, just for people to hear you. Everything. You end up getting this scratchy horse voice, which we have now dubbed Vegas, Vegas voice. Well, because so I it's go- nothing. It's nothing to you, of course. <laughs> well, I go every year, and one of these years we're going to go somewhere different because my theory is that it's not so much talking loudly because I talk loudly anyway. Mm-hmm. I think it's the laughing because yeah. I've gone to Vegas with like my husband and some couples celebrating yeah. an anniversary, and I don't lose my voice then. Yeah. I think when it's a bunch of women, we're just laughing so hard and we're not sleeping very much, and I think that. All that combined. And it's funny because everyone makes fun of me every year. And I said, no, I don't know what you all are talking about. But this year I finally accepted the fact that on this trip I'm going to come back and not have a voice for two days. Well, I was going to have you on Monday and then I <laughs> heard you and I said, no, no maybe I, not. I don't want to put any more stress on it. It's painful you know, to listen you to. You know, I, I really I, I tend to agree with you. I just think, well, first of all, when you go when you go with family, sometimes it's almost better that they don't even hear you. So I don't even – we go to a lot of places I don't even talk. The good thing for my family is – Loud places in my family will create a huge problem, so we don't even we don't even think about it. But that said, yes, I need you to talk to Paige about Vegas. I need you to talk to Paige about. You want her to go? Yes, I, I can talk I anybody need, into I it. I need for her. I need for her to go because I haven't been back since 2008, and it's killing me. I'd love to go back. It, it would be a lot of fun. And I was there, and I thought, when the Texans play the Raiders, oh, yeah. where will we yes. stay? Because there's, I saw the plot of land where the stadium is supposed to be built. Oh, yeah? I didn't see it this time. I saw it the last time. I was there. Is it, it was in just, construct, under construction? There was nothing there. <laughs> there was nothing there. Oh, God. Unless I'm looking at the wrong thing, but it looked like where I thought it was. There yeah. was nothing there. So uh, they got a lot of work to do. I think they're really excited about the hockey right now. So I, I think it's becoming a little bit more of a sports town. When the Raiders are there, I don't see us staying anywhere fun. But, you know, Vegas is pretty small. You can get around pretty easily. So unless we're out in the middle of the desert, I think you're going to get your chance, Johnny, to return. And wait I hope a second. It's a want, wait, hold on. I want you to think about that. You know we're staying that. out somewhere in the <laughs> desert. We're going to be out in the desert. You know that's going to happen. All right, TP. 2018 schedule. Mark and I talked about this. We talked about road games yesterday. Yes, Vegas is not on this schedule. Yes, Vegas. No, not not yet. Anyways, but it will in due time as the Raiders move to Vegas. The Raiders are not on the schedule this this year, so no Derek Carr, or Khalil Mack, or Amari Cooper on the schedule. But there is a Tom Brady and a Rob Gronkowski and a Jarvis Landry and certain players at certain positions. So what I wanted to do, Mark and I were talking about road games. I got me thinking about. Overall, just the schedule and the players the Texans will face. I thought, hmm, what are the top five quarterbacks, top five running backs, top five wide receivers? What are the hmm. top five at each skill position the Texans are going to face this year? I would do offensive line, but that's that's kind of tough. Just give the Cowboys offensive line, and you're pretty much done. Right, right. But that said, they are facing Trent Williams at left tackle. They're facing Tyron Smith at left tackle. They are facing the Philadelphia Eagles. Philadelphia line. Eagles. I was going to say there are a couple of. There are a few. Okay. There's a few. Let's focus on the skill players because people don't want to talk about offensive line. <laughs> no. Let's start with the quarterbacks. Right. In your five. opinion, the top five quarterbacks the Texans will face, go. If right, you want to go one. from five to one, go ahead. Oh, five to one? Yeah, go reverse order. Uh, all right. I so like I, I, had to, I had to look at the schedule because, uh, you know, we we're playing well, a lot of, of very talented quarterbacks this year. Let's go backwards and forwards. I put Marcus Mariota at five. five. Okay. Uh, I know that people may not be – like ooing and aahing over that. But I think with Matt LaFleur, uh, the new he- offensive That's coordinator, big. what he did with Jared Goff with L.A., yes. if even some of that translates to the Titans, I think Marcus Mariota is so close. We all think that he just needs something to get him to that next level. We've seen that talent there. Yep. And also, he got hurt in week two against the Texans. So, 
Was it week two that we played the week Titans? Four. Sorry, week four. We played the Titans week two this year. He got hurt in, in, in week four last year. So, you know, he's he's scary, obviously, when the Texans do face him. And they haven't had to do that a bunch over the course of the last few years. I think you, you mentioned Matt LaFleur. I think that's, I think that's the biggest It's always right interesting there. when there's a new OC or new head coach. New head coach, not so much. But yep. the OC, I think, definitely yes. is going to have an impact and a on new him. Young, a new young OC who new is young not OC. scared. And I think Vrabel's that way. I don't think Vrabel's scared to tap in. I think once you get some NFL guys that maybe have been around for a long time, kind of crusty around the edges, they don't want to. Maybe they don't want to tap in. When you get Sean McVay, not Sean McVay's calling his own plays, but you get a guy like Matt Lafleur who learned from Sean McVay, right? And learned from Kyle Shanahan, two of the hottest coordinators, play callers in the league. I think that could be problematic. All right, Mariota at four. Who's or at five? Who's at four? Alex Smith now with Ugh. Washington because I think he's always killed us with Kansas yes. City. He knows his defense. Uh, I, I'm not so scared of Washington as I am with Alex Smith. I think that there's something about him. He's just got this poise. He always looks good against his team. Now, will that translate with a new team? I don't know. But if I look at all things considered, we've seen enough of Alex Smith to, yeah. to put him in this top five list. I am with you. Oh, he against the Texans. I don't know if I would say overall he's a top five quarterback, but against the Texans. Against the Texans. That's te- all I'm looking that's at. Exa- you're exactly yes. right. All right, number three. Number three, Dak Prescott. This will be an exciting game. Last year. You know, six rushing touchdowns, 22 passing touchdowns, 13 interceptions. For some reason, people thought he didn't have as great of a season last yeah. year because of the Cowboys' overall record. He still ha- put up some really, really big numbers. And I think with Ezekiel Elliott back, I think he's definitely n- number three. Okay. He might have been higher if we weren't playing the top, the, the two guys that I've got in the top two. Gotcha. Number two? I think I know. Carson Wentz yes. with the Eagles. I know he didn't. It could be Nick Foles. It could be Carson Wentz, but it doesn't matter. I think Carson Wentz has – it'll be exciting to see him back with the Eagles. That's late in the season. They'll be playing for something. He'll be playing for something. I hope something. they're not. I hope they're we'll not. We'll be playing for something. I hope we're not. I hope we are. I, I mean, don't care well, about them. I hope we're not playing for anything at yeah. that point. I mean, in the sense that, that we got it's wrapped all wrapped up. up. Yeah. Right. That would be kind of Not nice. the other way around. And number one – Number one, no shocker. Yeah. Tom Brady. Oh, Until... it's Brady? Oh. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Until he falls off a cliff with old age yeah. or something like that, he's going to remain the number one quarterback that Texans face. I think I think your five would be very similar to mine. The only question I would have is if you know that Andrew, Andrew Luck, Luck is a hundred percent and it's guaranteed, would you would you supplant four or five on your list? I would think you put I would, Luck ahead of Mariota. I would. I would put Alex Smith fifth, and I'd put Luck at four. Okay. Because Mario, right, there's still good. some questions. He's not really proven himself against the Texans uh, agreed. yet. Which is why I'd leave Alex Smith on the list. I also had some rookies that were facing honorable mentions. Mm. Sam Darnold, the Teddy Bridgewater mm. yep. duo. Uh, Baker Mayfield, Tyrod Taylor in Cleveland, and then yep. Josh Allen in Buffalo. We don't really know what the rookies are going to look like, but definitely they, they could. I mean, there could be another Deshaun Watson out yeah, there for all no, we know. Yeah, there's no doubt. All right. Let's go to the running backs because you mentioned Ezekiel Elliott, so I'm yeah, curious he's where where you're going to put him on the list of running backs. I thought last year's running backs having to face Todd Gurley and Le'Veon Bell won't face either one of them this year, so that's good. That's good. So who are your five? But uh, we still have some tough running backs that we're going to face. Number five, I put Jay Ajayi. Oh, yeah. Really Eagles, because okay. of the Eagles' offensive line. Last year, he split carries with LeGarrette Blunt. So, yep. I don't know. I think from a fantasy standpoint, he'll be yeah, interesting to watch. Doug Peterson just said he's the number he's the one. the guy. He is the guy in Philadelphia. That's, that could be so. good. That could be bad. But with that old line, I yeah. I would say we'd err on the side of that B. Ajayi at number five. Okay. Number four, Buffalo, LaShawn McCoy, Shady. Wow. Shady at four. I put Shady at four. Why is that high? No, I no, I just think 
I'm a big Shady fan. I think Shady does a lot for you in, in so many different ways. I think I think a day going against Shady McCoy is more difficult than I think defensive players would tell you that than than people think. I think defenders are like, yeah, it's tough facing that guy. So if he's a number four, good gracious. He had over right. 1,100 yards rushing last year and he's a, six I, touchdowns. I, just, I, I respect him a lot. I think that's going to be very difficult to play him. All right. Number three uh, rookie at this spot, Saquon Barkley yep. with okay. the Giants. I just think that he's so impressive. Normally you don't put a rookie running back on this list, but, I mean, he's, he's he a, was, he they were talking about star. him going number one overall. He's, he's a superstar. I think that's going to be a big one to watch. And I think the offense is going to really – they're really going to predicate themselves around him, especially yep. with – you know, who knows how Eli Manning's doing at that point in the season. Number gotcha. two, no shocker, Ezekiel Elliott. Ooh. Is that a shocker? No, it's not. I'm oh. Try, I'm, I'm oh, thinking, did I surprise you with my number yeah, one? Yeah, I'm trying to think who you're going to have at number one. Just I think you know. I think it's no shocker. I think it's I think it's a, a given who okay. number one's going to be. All right. Be. And then, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting to hear who it is. I'd say number one, Leonard Fournette oh, with Jacksonville. Because I, I think Blake Bortles is going to rely on him so yeah. much. He's going to rely on him so much now. I In mine, I would do Ezekiel 1. I would do Shady 2. I would do Fournette 4. I'm not the biggest Fournette fan in the world because I just think he's one-dimensional. That's that's my only thing with Fournette. But but he gets the job done, Jordan. But here's the problem. <laughs> here's the problem with Fournette. That one dimension is one that players, as much as players love the contact and love football, there's a certain amount of contact that just gets to be too much in the fourth quarter. That's true. And when Fournette is just pounding and pounding and pounding, that is really, really difficult to handle. And the game against the Texans, it was going to be three yards. It was three yards in a cloud of dust, per, the proverbial three yards in a cloud of dust. And he just kept hammering. And he would get three yards here, four here, two here, one here, five there. And it wasn't really – he didn't have any big runs like he did against the Steelers. He had a couple big runs against the Steelers that really kind of boasted, boosted his overall total. But it took a toll. I mean, Cushing walked out of there with a concussion. The guys were banged up. In the fourth right. quarter, it was That's like – such a physical Ooh. game. And so, from that standpoint, yeah, he is very he's very difficult. Now, I'm not scared if the Texans get a big lead in this game. Then he's, then, then I then I then I bump him down the yeah, list. Yeah, so then I'm just I'm just prefacing it. Right, that. and that's where Shady becomes a factor. That's where Ezekiel. That's becomes where Ezekiel and Shady become factors. Oh, you just made the Cowboys fans really mad. All right, the <laughs> res- now the receivers to me just thinking, uh, looking at the schedule. I think the receivers. And if you want, if you want, I didn't. I didn't. You can this, throw in the tight ends if you want. If you want to throw in Gronk, you can. They, they are in there. Okay. He is in there. I should say. All right. Give me your top five pass catchers. Um, I'm gonna go five. T. Y. Hilton. Oh God. Not I because of him, that. but because of his history against yes. the Texans, and I don't think any Texans fan <sighs> would disagree with me. We hate that T. Y. Celebration in the end zone. We've seen a lot of it. Number four, Alshon Jeffrey. Oh yeah. Philly. Eagles, yeah. I think the Eagles are really scary. I think that'll be such an exciting game, but they have so many weapons. That's why Offense, I hope defense. that they've got it wrapped up, <laughs> or we have it wrapped up, or both. And then that game will mean And up there. I hope it means nothing, but my my fear is that we're sitting there at, I don't know, 10-4, and four, and they're 10-4, and four, and we're both... You know, it trying could be to that. get to number one. We're trying to both get number one spot. And oh, and that. And by the way, if that does happen, if we're like ten and four, they're ten and four. We're both fighting for top spot in each division. It'll that game will get flexed to a Sunday night. Yeah, that's a good point. I think it'll get flexed because to it's Sunday in December, night. and yeah, and I think everybody wants to see these two quarterbacks match up against each other. I was surprised it wasn't a Sunday night game. I was surprised too, but I think they reserve the right to do that later on. I, the season. I'll give them that. I'll give them that. All right. So Alshon Jeffrey at four. Very dangerous. Big. Had a great year. Signed a multi-year contract with the Eagles after signing a one-year deal last year. I think they did it right. And, by the way, 
Hopefully that's the model the Texans follow with Tyron Matthew. Would be nice. It would be very nice. Okay. So, number three. Number three. Returning home to Houston. Ooh. Danny Amendola. Ooh. Now with Miami. Mm. That's a Thursday night game. Hometown crowd for him yep. being being from this area. So I, I put him number three. I think he's got a lot to prove with Miami. He I does. think they're going to use a lot of him. Spent paid him a lot of money. Yeah, they paid him a lot of money. So I don't think he's going to be just you know out there uh, running routes and not and not making big plays. Number two, uh, this may surprise you. Is now I'm now I'm second guessing my one and two. I'm going to say number two, Rob Gronkowski. Okay. I think I know why I put him two instead of one. Okay. I think his injury history. Yep. Um, granted, week one he won't be. He'll be out there week one, but I don't. We, we think he will. We be. think I don't he think will be. be. I mean, I would rather Gronk not play. I would rather. I would Gronk rather sit him not out. play. But I just think that the way the Patriots spread the ball around so much, I think Gronk yeah. is so he's so difficult to defend against. Yeah. But I just, I, I don't know. I, I guess I could put him at number one easily. But I think I know why I put number one at number one. I think I know who you have at number one yeah. too. Does he play for the New York Football Giants? Yeah, he does. Yeah. And this is like a 1A and 1B. Odell Beckham Jr., number yeah. one. I think that he's got a lot to prove as well. Coming back and off an injury. Coming back off an injury. It's the Giants. I mean, he's their big weapon. They're going to have Odell Beckham now, Jr. and Saquon Barkley. I mean, that's just such a dangerous that's such a dangerous combination altogether. New coaching stuff. They've, they've got a lot to prove as well. So, Odell mm. Beckham Jr., if you think that Gronk should be first, I, I mean, I'm, as I'm reading my list, I, I'm, I'm in my mind saying I think Gronk, I, could, I would easily put Gronk over him. I could see the argument for I mean, that. today's Wednesday. Tomorrow we could wake up and go, no, OBJ, no, 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 no. Then I'm not, but... And then Friday could be, no, Gronk. I mean, I think those two are definitely the top. Top two in the I list. don't know, and, and all the storylines you hear out of New England this offseason with Gronk almost getting traded, I know. things like and that. I don't know how that's going to play into how much how 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 much that offense is going to look differently when when the season starts. It could be totally the same. Though. I mean, I think without Edelman, without Brandon Cooks, without Amendola, without Amendola, and really Hogan and Gronk, I think those two are going to get the majority, the the overwhelming majority. Of targets, I would think. Right. I would think Brady, even if the play gets called in, and he have a pretty good relationship with Josh McDaniels, but I would think if the play gets called in for the ball to go somewhere else, he's going to look to 87, and he's going to look to 15. He's going to look to those yeah, two you're guys. Right. I think the difference with OBJ and with Gronk, I do think that you could put two guys on OBJ and just take him out of the game. You could. Gronk is with a lot Gronk, harder. You could put two guys on Gronk. It doesn't matter because he's so big. You can put two smaller guys. He's he's still going to beat him. You know, when A.J. Boyer was here, he did such a good job of covering tight ends. Do you think yeah, that we're going to have, like, a Tyron Matthew or somebody else going to step into that spot? Like, there is – we you know, are AJ going to was, have a good... A.J. was so problematic for a guy like Travis Kelsey because A.J. was long, and he was he was wiry. He wasn't – I mean, he, he might have looked thin, if you will, but he was wiry. He was pretty strong. That gave Kelsey some issue. That could give Gronk some issue, so maybe Aaron Colvin gets that. In the AFC Championship game, I thought it was interesting that Colvin covered Hogan and Jalen Ramsey covered Gronk. Mm. So how the Texans go after that will be very interesting. But when they get that, the, the key to me is when they get down on the goal line, Gronk gets one-on-one, and then you're, you're, you're hosed because unless, now it doesn't matter who unless, you really have. Unless Clowney Watt gets a Tom Brady, and <laughs> that, then he doesn't Now that, even, there is that, that. Could, I thought you were going to say Clowney's going to go and cover him. No, no, no. I was going to say Clowney Watt get, or Merciless or a combination of that trio, they all get to Brady, and then no, he, you're right about he, that. he gets sacked. DP, good job. Thank you very much. Thanks, Johnny. And there you have it. The show in the books. Got to thank Mark Vandermeer. Got to thank Kyle Fuller. I thank you guys for listening. We'll see you tomorrow, buddy. As always, go Texans.